Hello, and welcome to the Celebration Church Podcast. We are a faith-filled, family-focused church that's in Lakeville, Minnesota. In a moment, you'll be able to hear a sermon from one of our pastors. We hope that you enjoy and grow closer to God through these messages. And now, for a sermon from our lead pastor, Derek Ross. Amen. Well, good morning. It's great to be with you, and uh, we're so excited for that. You'll hear a little bit more about that, that virtual trip. It's not like sitting at home on a Zoom. It's basically just you don't get on an airplane to go to Asia. And so uh, a lot of stuff happening. You can still sign up for that. It's wonderful. I'm continuing our series uh, called The Church, Growing and Going. My name is Derek. I'm the lead pastor and um, got to preach last week and to get to do so again today. Next week, we're going to have one of my friends come, Dr. Darnell Williams. It's going to be the eighth anniversary of the weekend that uh, some of you, not that many of you, but some of you that were still here and uh, elected us to come and serve as your pastor. And so he's going to come and bring the word. I'm excited for that. Serves on our National Assemblies of God leadership team with my father, Dr. Darnell Williams. We look forward to having him. A few people beforehand asked me, how was your week, pastor? I said, it was fast. Right after church last week, it was Mother's Day, and the Ross family celebrated by uh, my wife going to football for our nine-year-old son, and I got in the car and drove to Missouri. And so it was awesome. And uh, Love my wife as the mother of our kids, but uh, I was gone, and so I had some meetings with uh, some of our global leaders, Assemblies of God, general superintendents, leaders of some different nations, met uh, extensively with the leaders from Ethiopia and Kenya, Bishop Kitota from, uh, Kitoto from Kenya, and uh, we, we'll see if we can get them here as well, but uh, they came and heard me in Tanzania last summer when I preached at their general council, and they said, Pastor Derek, you come to our country soon, and I said, I'm kind of full right now. But anyway, uh, the Lord, a day is like a thousand years. So we'll get there eventually, right? But uh, Paul said, bring him here. And so it's going to be great. My faith is always stirred and my vision is always enlarged when I get the opportunity to meet with our global leaders. It's about two years ago that I prayed that our... Uh, uh, indigenous, the national church leaders from around the world would come and impact our church here at Celebration. So we're so grateful for them. And uh, we're looking forward to that. Serve night tonight. It's going to be great. Well, if you have a Bible, I'm in Acts chapter 12 today. And uh, we're continuing this series, The Church Growing and Going. Today, I've titled the message, When the Church Prays. Not when the church talks about praying. Not when the church preaches about praying, but when the church actually prays. So if you have a Bible, you could turn there. If not, we're going to put it up on the screen. Hopefully you got a note sheet. If you're able, would you stand to your feet this morning as I read God's word? Uh, together we've got 16 verses, but for the sake of time, I'm just going to read five of them up top. Now in the first service, I was able to preach in about a half hour so that we could get to the prayer time because how many people know I can't preach a message called when the church prays and then us not pray. That would literally be uh, not smart of me. So we're going to do that. And uh, some of the pastors were like, pastor, how did you preach that quickly? I was like, it was a miracle. And that was just the first miracle that God did in the service. But we're going to pray and believe that God's going to do what only he can do. Amen. Amen. All right. When the church prays, Acts chapter 12, verses uh, one to five. It was about this time that King Herod arrested some who belonged to the church, intending to persecute them. He had James, the brother of John, put to death with the sword. And when he saw that this met with approval among the Jews, uh, he proceeded to seize Peter as well. 
This happened during the festival of unleavened bread. After arresting him, he put him in prison, handing him over to be guarded by four squads of four soldiers each. Herod intended to bring him out for public trial after the Passover. So Peter was kept in prison, comma. But then we finally get to some good news. The Bible says, but the church was earnestly praying to God for him. Come on, let it be said of celebration that the church was earnestly praying to God for those in need. Amen? Well, let's pray together. Father, we thank you for the opportunity that we've been given to lift high the mighty and matchless name of Jesus. We ask, Holy Spirit, give us ears to hear what you're saying. Do what only you can do. We ask and give thanks in advance, Father, for the good things that you're going to do in the lives of your children. Heal, set free, save, and deliver. In Jesus' name, we ask it. And everybody said, amen. Amen. You may be seated. When the church prays, Last week, we talked a little bit about personal prayer in Acts chapter 9 with Peter. Uh, There's something about private prayer that gives us power for public ministry. Um, And I'm so thankful for those moments of personal private prayer that I have. I hope that you have as well, whether that's in the morning or middle of the day, late at night. I hope you don't just pray as a last resort. I I, I pray you pray as a first option. You're just like, man, I don't know what to do. I'm going to pray. I know what to do. I'm going to pray. I've got a busy schedule. I'm going to pray. I don't have much going on. I'm going to pray. Four people are going to pray. Amen with the pastor. But you know, it's, it's not enough. Or if we only pray privately, if we only pray by ourselves, I'm telling you friends, we're going to miss out on something significant when we pray together. Uh, the missionary, great missionary Hudson Taylor once said, thank you, Pastor Joe, for uh, finding this on the internet. I knew it was said. I couldn't remember who it was for, and so I'm grateful for the team that helped me out once again. Hudson Taylor said, when we work, we work. Didn't say that about American necessarily, but when we work, we work. When we pray, God works. There's something that happens when we pray. And we know that there are exponential results when we offer corporate prayers of agreement. There's something additional. There's something significant. There's a multiplying effect. When the church prays together, incredible things happen. Now, if you're bad at math, let me give you a Bible verse to help you. You don't even have to know how this works. But Deuteronomy 32.30 says it this way. One man, one person can chase a thousand, but two can put 10,000 to flight. So that means if one person prayed by themselves, 1,000. Another one person prayed by themselves, another 1,000. That'd only be 2,000. But if two people will get together, could it be why the enemy doesn't want to see the church of Jesus Christ unified today? Because if we'll just get together, if we'll be unified in prayer, the Bible says two could put 10,000. And if we can multiply from one to two, and it goes from 1,000 to 10,000, what would happen if we had a couple hundred or a couple thousand, even a couple million believers that would get together in unity? We could chase the darkness here today. Well, that's the introduction, so I hope you have your notes. I always come back fired up when meeting with our brothers and sisters around the world. We're talking about when the church prays. Four quick things, and then we're going to pray. But I want to lay a theological foundation. I want to give you some intellectual groundwork so that when we pray, you'll know why we're praying, what we're believing for, that it's not just an emotional stirring up. Oh, the pastor got loud, so I guess I'm going to get a miracle. No, this is biblically based, and then we're going to respond and believe together. So number one, when the church prays, opposition is expected. Hmm. 
Three people gave an amen, which was two more than the first service. <laughs> That's okay. This isn't really the point to waste all of your amens. <laughs> it gets better the further along we go. But, but it's important that we really expect opposition. The Bible here, uh, within the Bible, there are a few different King Herods. And if you didn't memorize the entire Bible this week or Google it in advance, you might not be sure which one this is. Well, this King Herod also wasn't a real good dude. And, and he was struggling to gain political favor. There'd been some killings in the family and different people taking over. And what he was trying to do is gain favor with his people by persecuting the Christians. He was using his political power to hurt the church to gain political favor. Now, I know some of you are wondering, when was this book written? <laughs> a long time ago, but it's still applicable even now. This guy was doing what he could do to harm other people to get himself ahead. Now, for clarity, it's important that I mention this. I think we believers in the United States of America are going through pressure more than persecution so far. I mean, like I'm a student of history, so like I can understand what's next, but I just want to clarify, especially after meeting with brothers and sisters from around the world, these brothers who were telling me in Ethiopia how people are being locked up in prison, they're beaten and killed for the proclamation of the gospel of Jesus Christ. It's a little bit different than what we're going through, but noteworthy nonetheless. So we ought to be thankful where we currently live and make the most of our time because the days are getting darker. Why? We need to make our lives count for the glory of God. This is not the time for the church to sit back and relax in the freedom that we've been given, but rather to use each day to bring others to faith in Jesus Christ. By the way, it's one of the reasons that we really encourage you to uh, go on a global trip, even if it's a virtual one, because there's something that happens when we pray with, when we see firsthand, when we identify with the struggle that believers are going through around the world. It helps put our struggle in perspective. It doesn't mean that what we're going through is nothing, but it's not what it is in other places. And our brothers and sisters around the world are not cowering in fear. They're not retreating. The gates of hell still will not Prevail. So I don't know if you knew that or not, friends, but the church of Jesus Christ is advancing. The kingdom of God is taking new territory. And even if the news channels, the newspapers, or social media won't tell you, I've met with our brothers around the world and they've given me a good report of the church of Jesus Christ, even in the middle of national conflicts. God's building his church because of brothers and sisters who are saying yes to the call of God on their life. So we ought not be surprised when we encounter or when, when we see opposition, but let me take it a step further. Not only should we not be surprised, let me just mention that we ought to expect it. Right? And now it's curious to note in this passage, we read that James, the brother of John, not the brother of Jesus, but the brother of John. They didn't have many names to pick from back then, apparently. We got a few Herods. We got a few Jameses. We only got one Never mind, I was going to make fun of the names from last week, but I'm leaving them in last week. Uh, James, the brother of John, was put to death, and the Jewish people liked it so much that Herod arrested Peter as well. Now, spoiler alert, the rest of the passage gives us good news. The believers prayed, God did a miracle, Peter was set free, and the church continued to grow. But without the benefit of time and history, being able to look and know what was going on, I thought it was curious 
that although Peter would later be set free, would do a, God would do a miracle in his life, James, the brother of John, did not experience that freedom, and we have no account of people praying for him. Now, I'm careful, if you've heard me teach and preach for a while, I'm very careful to do my best not to add things to Scripture that are not there, nor take away the things that are. But here in this account, we have no record of corporate prayers being offered for James. By the way, we're not guaranteed safety. We're just guaranteed victory. Right? So it's important that when we surrender our whole life to Jesus Christ, we don't know if we'll end up like James or like Peter on this earth, but we know that we'll all end up together with him forever in heaven. But we don't read any account. I, I, I don't know if it's there, but I just hypothesized in my prayer. We don't read of any corporate prayers for James. And when it comes to the struggles and challenges that we're faced with locally and globally, I don't want there to be a lack of corporate prayer from the believers gathered together at Celebration Church. Right? For our church, we can't talk about anybody else. We can't make any. But Celebration Church is committed to praying for the needs that we know about. I talked to a gal in between services, and I don't know if she was coming to this one or just came to the last one, but she said they've been coming for three weeks now, and she, she thanked us for praying. She got a phone call that said, we just prayed for your need, and she goes, I, I didn't really expect that when I turned the need in. I want you to know, friends, you can count on Celebration Church to pray for the needs that we know about, yes. which, by the way, infers, but if we don't know about it, Really difficult for us to pray, for you specifically. We pray in general. But, you know, we pray all throughout the week. We pray for those needs as pastors and staff. We got prayer partners, intercessory prayer that happens on Tuesday morning. We pray for the needs again on Wednesday at noon prayer. And then especially in our main corporate prayer gathering on Wednesday evening. Then we got Thursday night encounter as well where we ask the Lord for dreams, visions, and prophetic words. But there's something undeniable that has happened this year, 2023, since uh, January, whatever the first Wednesday was. Was it January 4th or, or 2nd or 3rd? Or I don't remember, whatever that first Wednesday was when we moved prayer gathering from Monday night to Wednesday night, and we said it's gonna be the center of what we're doing, this prayer gathering. We've seen an increase in salvations, in healings, in miracles. Why? Because something happens when the church prays. So if you've not been to prayer gathering on Wednesday night, I just want to encourage you, do whatever you can. Change your schedule if you have to. It'll be worth it because something incredible happens when the church prays. Number two, when the church prays, the supernatural is encountered. The supernatural is encountered. This isn't magical words, but there's something miraculous about the one that we're praying to. Look at this, verse five. So Peter was kept in prison, but the church was earnestly praying to God for him. That's our theme verse for the day. I, I hope that you can put that on my tombstone. You know, there was trouble all around, but he was, he was earnestly praying for other people. I hope that other places, other people, other churches, sometimes we get prayer requests from people that go to other churches, but they're like, celebration, would you pray for me? And at first I was like, have your church pray for you. But then I was like, hey, they know there's a reputation that Celebration Church will pray. We got men and women faithful who will earnestly pray to God for those needs. But look at what goes on. The supernatural is encountered. says, the night before Herod was to bring him to trial, Peter was sleeping between two soldiers. Bound with two chains and sentries stood guard at the entrance. Suddenly, an angel of the Lord appeared and a light shone in the cell. He struck Peter on the side and woke him up. Quick, get up, he said. And the chains fell off 
Peter's wrist. Come on, somebody. Our prayers matter. Our prayers make a difference. Our prayers touch the heart of God and activate his hand to move on our behalf. When the church prays, the supernatural is encountered. The opposition, the enemy, the powers of darkness, they tried everything they could to keep Peter bound up. Look at all the steps that they'd taken right before they were going to bring him to trial. By the way, I don't think he was going to get a fair trial. We saw how that worked out for Jesus. <laughs> if Jesus can't get a fair trial, how much less would Peter? Uh, even the disciples didn't always like Peter, you know, like, of course, you know. The, anyway, uh, some of you get that later. But he was going to trial, and then they placed him between two soldiers, and they chained him up. I feel like, you know, you got to be really concerned about this guy. Then they had other guards that were guarding the entrance. They were like, we're going to chain him up. We're going to put people right next to him. We're going to put people in front of him. Have you ever felt like there was opposition all around? Whether you turn to the left or to the right or to the front or the back, it just seems like darkness has you surrounded. But the church was earnestly praying to God for him. The enemy did everything they could to keep Peter in prison. But come on, somebody, there was a power that was greater. There was a supernatural power that was about to overcome the natural chains that had him bound. When the church prays, the supernatural is encountered. The Bible says that an angel of the Lord appeared with a bright light. Now, this prison cell would not have had any light. It would have been like an underground cave. But the Bible says in John chapter 1 and verse 5, the light shines in the darkness and the darkness has not overcome it. Come on, somebody. A light shined right there in that dark space. It doesn't matter how dark it seems. It doesn't matter how much opposition. The Bible says the power of God arrived on the scene and the chains fell off Peter's wrists. Are you bound up this morning? Are you surrounded by opposition? Are you stuck sitting in darkness? Well, I've got good news for somebody this morning, somebody that's been going through it. You've been held down and you felt all alone. It seems like everywhere you look, there are enemies and stronghold todays. But I stopped by this morning to encourage somebody that when the church praise the supernatural power of God is encountered. And I want you to know, friend, we've been praying for you this week. We've been fasting. We don't even know everything that you've been going through. We've, but we've been calling upon the name of the Lord. We've been pleading your case in the courts of heaven. We've been interceding for you because we know that there is a multiplying effect when we pray together for you. And we believe today is your day. We believe today is the day where God will show himself strong on your behalf. Today is the day that you can walk out of the captivity that you've been stuck in and the supernatural power of God today is going to do it suddenly, just like we read there in verse seven, suddenly, suddenly. James 5, 16 says, the prayer of a righteous person is powerful and effective. And in just a few minutes, maybe 15 or so, depending on how fast I preach the next two points, we're going to link our faith together and we're going to pray for your miracle. We're going to pray and receive, I believe, according to the finished work of Jesus Christ, who died on the cross at Calvary, was buried in a borrowed tomb, and just three days later was raised back to life by the supernatural power of God. 
And because Jesus conquered death, hell, and the grave, we too now live victorious over every stronghold of the enemy. So today, if you're sick and need a touch in your body, we're going to pray for healing. If you're struggling financially to make the ends meet, we're going to pray for provision. If you're distraught emotionally, we're going to pray for restoration. Whatever need you have today, we're going to pray and believe you will encounter the supernatural. Number three, when the church prays. Not when the church talks about praying. Not when the preacher preaches about praying. Not when people just do it whenever they get. But when the church prays, when people get together, when they link their faith. When, when, it, when the church prays, number three, freedom is experience verses eight to 10. It's so important that point three follows point two, that you don't disconnect the two. They're linked intricately together. Freedom is experience. Verses eight to 10, the Bible reads like this. Then the angel said to him, put on your clothes and sandals. And Peter did so. Wrap your cloak around you and follow me, the angel told him. And Peter followed him out of the prison. But he had no idea that what the angel was doing was really happening because he thought he was seeing a vision. (laughs) He was like, I don't know if this is real, but I'm going to go with it. Come on, that's what Pastor Jeff talked about, right? We're going to faith it. You just go forward with it. And, And what was happening, he thought he was seeing a vision. Verse 10, they passed the first and second guards. The opposition that the enemy had set up, the safety net that they had put up, they just walked by in the power of God. They just walked right by them. The people that were paid to hold them down, the people that were paid to keep them in captivity, they just walked right by them and they came to the iron gate leading to the city. I love this. It opened for them by itself. And they went through it. When they'd walked the length of one street, suddenly the angel left him. Now, I love this so much. It was the supernatural power of God that broke the chains. (laughs) You know, when we pray, we're not going to tell you, well, just think better about those chains. They're not really chains. You know, come on. We're not going to just repeat some uh, mumbo jumbo. You know, they're not really chains. No, it was the supernatural power of God. Right? People ask, like, what kind of church are you? I'm like, we're a faith church. They're like, what does that mean? We believe that the best is yet to come for all of eternity. We believe that we don't have to stay stuck in our sin. We don't believe we have to stay bound up. We believe through faith we're, we're, we're going to see God do what only he can do. But it is God doing what only he can do. God brings the freedom, right? God breaks those chains. But then look what happens. It was God who broke the chains, but it was Peter's responsibility to walk out in the freedom that he'd been given. He was set free, but he was still in prison until he walked out. The angel told Peter to put on his clothes as a person and walk away from the chains of a prisoner. He was set free, but he had to change his identity that he'd become accustomed to. The angel said, God has set you free, but now you need to walk it out. They walked right past the guards and right to the iron gate and it opened before them. By the way, I'm praying that people walk through open doors today. 
It reminds me, uh, it's been a number of years or maybe a year and then a number of years since I preached that message that I felt downloaded into my spirit. I declared it and we received it as a church. That message called Double Doors. It's still the picture on my computer screen. Sometimes my kids ask me, they're like, are you gonna get a new picture, dad? It's like seven years old. I'm like, nope, that's my picture. That's because it means something to me that God is opening double doors before us and we received it as a church and we've never been the same. Now, I know there's a lot of new people, so I just want to encourage you, Google that sermon, go back, watch it, because you walked into a Double Doors church. Now, don't Google it while I'm preaching. I'll give you a one-sentence summary so that you'll go back and watch it later. But here's the short summary. We believe God is opening doors before us. Isaiah 45 says double doors, in fact, that will be easy for us to walk through with the blessings of God in our arms. Double doors. Now, just a few minutes earlier in the text, right, Peter was sitting in prison, bound up in chains. He was between two guards. There was guards guarding the entrance, and he was bound up in chains. But in just a moment, the chains fell off. You know, that's what we believe. Just one moment in the power and the presence of God, chains fall off. We, we don't have to work and keep praying and praying and praying. In one moment, you can be set free. In one moment with the power of God, Peter got up and he walked around town totally free. I want you to know, friends, that we're committed to seeing you walk in the freedom that God has given you. It's by his power that we're set free, but it's by our choice that we walk in the freedom for the rest of our lives. Right? With our prayer counseling deliverance ministry, uh, headed up by Pastor N.D., uh, and Ash, but we're seeing so many people get free from hurts, hangups, and demonic powers of darkness that have influenced them for far too long. Biblically speaking, we resist the devil and he will flee. We cast out any demon or foul spirit that sought residency in the life of a believer. And we cut off any negative plan from the pit of hell that is designed to bring destruction our way. But then we've got to walk in the freedom. That we're guaranteed according to the finished work of Jesus Christ. Jesus himself said it this way. John chapter 8 and verse 36. If the Son sets you free, you are free indeed. Sometimes we've got to remind ourselves that we've been set free. We've got to choose to walk in that freedom from this day forward. If the power of God has set you free, friend, don't sit in that prison any longer. Don't wallow in your sorrows of the time that is gone. Don't even ponder what could have been. Just walk forward in freedom and do whatever it is that God has called you to do. But tragically, some people don't actually want to live in the freedom they've been given. Right? Some people seem to enjoy being the victim instead of walking in victory. And it's so sad. So they have identified with their condition because we were made for so much more. Romans 8.37 says, We are more than conquerors through Jesus Christ who gives us strength. So let's walk forward in that freedom. For the sake of time, I'm going to move to point four, but let me just say this. Hey, Peter, put your clothes and your sandals on. Don't, Don't stay sitting in that prison cell. If the sun has set you free, you are free indeed. Those chains aren't holding you there. 
You walk forward in that freedom. You follow that angel of the Lord right to where he has for you. God has good plans for your life. Freedom is experience. And number four, number four, this is the quickest four-point sermon I've ever preached, but we're going to pray. Not so you'd be impressed by the message, but you'd be in awe of the power of God. Number four, faith is exceeded. When the church prays, faith is exceeded. Verse 11 to 16, the Bible reads like this. Then Peter came to himself and said, now I know without a doubt that the Lord has sent his angel and rescued me from Herod's clutches and from everything the Jewish people were hoping would happen. Isn't it interesting? Peter had seen miracles. He'd seen Jesus do miracles. He saw Jesus crucified and resurrected. And even Peter was like, you know what? I think this miracle is the one that convinced me. Because something's different when it happens in your own life than even what you've seen, what you've witnessed, what you could testify in other people. Peter was like, well, now I know without a doubt that the Lord has sent his angel. Verse 12, when this had dawned on him, (laughs) he went to the house of Mary, the mother of John, and also called Mark, John Mark there, where many people had gathered and were praying. When the church prays. Peter knocked at the outer entrance and a servant named Rhoda came to answer the door. When she recognized his voice, she was so overjoyed that she ran back without opening it and exclaimed, Peter is at the door. (laughs) That's so crazy. He's like knocking at the door. She's like, who is it? (laughs) He's like, it's Peter. She's like, oh my goodness, I gotta tell everybody. She just runs away. And Peter's still knocking at the door, like he's Jesus in Revelation 3.20. That's a different sermon. But Peter's knocking at the door. She goes back and tells everybody. They're praying, God, do a miracle. And Peter's like, she's like, excuse me, pardon me. I just like to mention Peter's at the door. (laughs) And what happened? They were like, it can't be. We're praying for him because he's in prison. She doesn't know what she's talking about. We're the leaders of the church. We have the prayer agenda. We're praying for him because he's in prison. If he's at the door, we don't need to be praying for him. (laughs) Look at what it says. It says, they looked at her and they said, you're out of your mind. I don't know if it's because she was a girl. I don't know if it's because she was a servant girl. I don't know if because she, I'm just not sure. All I know is they were praying for it. They received it and didn't believe it. When she kept insisting that it was so, they said, well, it must be his angel. However, Peter kept on knocking. And the Bible says when they finally opened the door and saw him, they were astonished. That's something, isn't it? The church got together to pray for Peter And then when Peter is set free by the power of God, he shows up at the prayer meeting, but the people didn't think it was possible for him to be there. (laughs) They had enough prayer or faith to pray, but not enough faith to believe that it be answered. (laughs) I'm sure they were praying for Peter because it says they couldn't believe it, they're praying, you know. Um, But I don't know, maybe their faith was for Peter to be comforted in prison. Oh God, be with Peter. To help him not to die like James. I, I don't know what they were praying. I believe as I was reading this, it seems likely because I've been in prayer meetings like this. I've prayed prayers like this. I'm sure their words were asking God to set Peter free, 
But when Peter was set free, when their prayers were answered, they still didn't believe it. Have you ever spoken words, prayed prayers that like, they sound right, theologically accurate, but you're like, I don't. In other words, you know that God can, but you're not really sure that he will. I think this happens for us still today. We pray, we pray even in faith, but I've come to testify according to Ephesians 3.20, God does exceedingly and abundantly more than we can ask or imagine. At some point, you know, I don't know, I don't want to belittle these believers that got together to pray. At least they got together to pray. I know it'd be very easy for us to go, I can't believe they didn't have the faith that their prayer was going to be answered. But they did more than what a lot of the believers are doing today. They got together to pray. So I think God will take what we give him and work with it and then he'll exceed it. Faith is exceeded. I'm going on record today. I'm believing that as we pray in faith in just two minutes, God is going to do even more than we ask of him. We're going to unite our faith together and believe God for more this morning. I've been loving hearing so many testimonies of what God has been doing. Marriages have been restored. Bodies have been healed. Souls have been saved. Lives have been changed for the glory of God. Words of wisdom have been received. Prophetic utterances have been given. Spiritual gifts have been distributed for the glory of God, but I still think God has more in store for us. So we're gonna pray in faith, which the Bible tells us our prayers will avail much. And we're gonna believe that God will move on behalf of his people this morning. So I'm gonna ask our pastors and prayer partners to begin to make their way forward. I think Will, somebody's got some anointing oil. Oh, there's Will, he's just sitting further back. Come back to the front, Will. It's great. (laughs) And we're going to pray. So let me just say this. We're going to pray for physical healing. We're going to pray for financial provision. We're going to pray for relational restoration. We're going to pray for spiritual breakthrough. We're going to pray. If you have a different need, we'll pray for that too. You want to come forward for yourself. You want to come forward and stand in the gap for somebody else. I've preached quickly on purpose. I don't want anybody to feel the pressure of leaving. (laughs) Because this is the moment that we've really come for, to see God do what only he can do. So whatever need you have, we're going to pray and believe God is going to exceed our faith today. So when you come forward, give us your name and your need. Let me just make mention, you don't have to explain the need a lot. You know, just like, because your explanation is not as important as your expectation. So like when you come forward, if you need a job, you could just come forward and be like, I need a job. You don't have to say like seven years ago you had a good job and then four years later there was a downturn and then three years later you had an interview. Like, come on, let's not waste our time explaining the need. Let's use our time believing in expectation of faith for God to do what only he can do, amen? So you're gonna come forward, you give your name and your need and we're gonna pray. The team's gonna lead us in worship. Maybe you have no need in your life right now. You know what you can do? You can create an atmosphere of faith that because God has met every need in your life, you are confident that he'll do it in their life as well. 
And so you can come forward. If, if everybody already has somebody they're praying with, just stand in line. It'll be okay. We pray with dozens of people in the first service. We'll stick around. We'll do it again. We're not in any hurry to leave, but we're just going to create an atmosphere of faith. I'm going to pray once corporately, and then we're going to pray together individually. And you can just pray in your seat or lift your voice in worship. But let's just see what God's going to do in these moments. Amen? If you're able, would you stand to your feet this morning? I'm going to pray, and when I'm done praying, we're going to invite you to step forward and receive prayer from these men and women filled with faith. We've been fasting. We've been praying. We believe this is your day. Father, I'm asking right now for every good and perfect gift that you have in store for your children to be distributed, gifts of healing, goodness, grace, revelation, insight, restoration, Make people whole, set people free. God, whatever it is that they need. Father, I ask, I believe in faith because of the finished work of Jesus on the cross of Calvary. The resurrection of our Savior just three days later. I pray for that resurrection power to be at work among us today. So Father, let faith arise in this place. May bodies be healed. May souls be set free. Do what only you can do. Let it be noticeable. God, we ask that you would exceed our faith today. And we ask it in Jesus' name. And everybody said amen. So step forward if you have a need. You want to come forward for yourself or stand in the gap for somebody else. Let's pray together. Let's lift our voice. Let's make this a house an atmosphere of faith here today. We're continuing to pray for those that have need, believe God is moving the lives of his people. I've asked Pastor Andy to come and pray, though uh, we're not done, but in the first service just felt such a strong uh, prompting of the Holy Spirit to pray for Believers, maybe here, maybe watch online, maybe just, but just believers in general to walk forward in the freedom that we've been given in Christ. So Pastor Andy helps lead the prayer counseling deliverance, but I just felt like and there was such a witness in my spirit with what he prayed in the first service that I've asked him to pray it again now. And uh, I'm going to pray. If you're comfortable, would you just open your hands towards heaven? I just, I'm going to ask him to pray this over each and every one of us. We continue to pray. There's a specific need in your life. Step forward and we'll pray. But I've asked Pastor Andy to pray for a moment over all of us so we'd walk in the freedom that we've been given. Holy Father, we thank you this morning. We thank you because, oh God, your word says that as for freedom, Christ set us free. According to Deuteronomy 15, we decree, O oh God, that this is the year of the Lord's remission over every debt. Because Jesus Christ, according to Colossians 2, canceled every debt against our lives. So we decree the freedom of the Lord in the name of Jesus. So right now we take authority in the Spirit over every, O oh God, inhibitors of freedom. Everything that the enemy is using, O oh God, against your children. We bind them right now in the name of Jesus. And we cast them off in Jesus' name. The Lord rebuke you said and concerning the children of God we decree freedom 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 right now in Jesus name chains broken in the name of Jesus we decree oh God chains broken in Jesus name as many oh God has have, have heard the message oh God we are decreeing this morning that there is double for all their trouble in Jesus name every time that the enemy attacked them oh God we ask you to give them a double portion in Jesus name Father God right now we come against demons associated with divorce we come against oh God demons associated with lust and perversion oh God in the mighty name of Jesus we bind those spirits in Jesus name demons assigned to destroy 
destroy people's lives, destroy their jobs, destroy everything they touch. We bind you right now in the name of Jesus. Be gone in Jesus' name. Will God, every demon associated with unforgiveness, we bind them right now. The spirit of offense, we bind right now in Jesus' name. And we say be cast off in Jesus' name. Demons associated with infirmity, cancer, we bind you right now in the name of Jesus. The Lord rebuke you demons in Jesus' name. Out, 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 out right now in Jesus name we speak life we speak life oh God Father God we decree oh God that today you are crowning your people with righteousness you are tearing oh God every cloak of guilt and of shame and in the name of Jesus Lord you are restoring oh God ancient ruins we break generational curses oh God in Jesus name things that people have carried for generations broken right now in Jesus name generational curses associated oh God with Freemasonry broken right now in Jesus name things in the bloodline oh God broken right now in the name of Jesus fire of God right now upon your children fire fire in Jesus name we ask you oh God to give them oh God the freedom that you purchased that they will walk in freedom they will not return oh God in the name of Jesus to the things from which you set them free Go and be free. We decree, oh God, that they will go and be free and begin to live and walk in freedom in Jesus' name. So we break off heaviness in Jesus' name. Every form of oppression, every form of depression broken right now in Jesus' name. Garments of praise instead of the spirit of heaviness in the name of Jesus. A crown of righteousness right now in Jesus name Father God I ask you that you will even open their eyes to see the things at home that they have that they need to let go of that are keeping them bound in chains and they will get rid of them because Lord as they partner with you you are going to set them free and we will hear testimonies in Jesus name right now we thank you oh God because you are moving in your people and they will be a living testimony of your saving power there will be a living testimony of your power to restore. There will be a living testimony, O oh God, of everything that you've done, of everything that you've said, of your promises, O oh God, made manifest in their lives, in their homes, in their children, O oh God. Lord, those who are crying for salvation for children, right now we partner with them and we proclaim, oh God, that those children will not be lost. They will become living testimonies of your saving power in Jesus' name. Your kingdom come upon families right now and your will be done in Jesus' name. Children crying for parents, we decree the same thing. Women, oh God, who are crying for children, we break the curse of barrenness and we say, Lord, in the name of Jesus, let there be, oh God, Children, come, oh God, in Jesus' name. Give them the children that they cry for. You could do it with Sarah. You could do it with Elizabeth. You can do it with them. So we speak a life, oh God. Where, oh God, there is barrenness, we command life in Jesus' name. Freedom, victory, oh God. They will live in victory. They will encounter their purpose. They will encounter their purpose. And there will be testimony because of your goodness. In the name of Jesus. Thank you, Father God. Amen. Well, everybody said amen. I, uh, before Pastor Dan comes to close, I just want to mention at the end of first service, we had, I believe, a word of knowledge uh, for Jubilee or freedom from the spirit of depression. And uh, I've just been waiting all service to get to this point to share that with you as well, that uh, you know, I'm not going to have you raise your hand or come forward or anything like that, but I just want you to know the Lord uh, has taken note of you, and I believe today is a day of freedom for you. 
and that uh, as was declared in the first service, I declare over you as well, that there will be jubilee, a freedom from that spirit of depression, whether it's been a long time or a short time, a little case or a big case. If you've been suffering, we declare that today is a day of freedom in your life from that spirit of depression. Amen. Amen. We hope that you learned something from this message and are able to apply it to your life. If you gave your life to Jesus for the first time or for the 10th time, please reach out to us on Facebook or email us at info at celebrationchurch.net. Thank you for listening. We'll see you again next week.